What's up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to another Review Point podcast coming to you, of course, from fanboysanonymous.com. I'm your host as always, Tony Mango, and my target to review for this edition is, as you can tell by the title, Black Panther. It is the latest movie in the MCU franchise, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is, I think, at 19 films now, maybe 20. Well, man, so many movies that we've gone through over the past couple of years, and thankfully this was one of the better ones. Uh, So, spoiler alert, uh, I liked it. Uh, (laughs) So, basically... This is how the Review Point podcast normally would go. Normally, I would talk about the things that I liked about the movie and refer to them as the hits, talk about the things that I disliked about the movie and refer to them as the misses, but I really don't have any misses to talk about in this, so I'm just going to kind of talk about the movie this time around, and uh, I'm going to start things off with what I normally do here, a non-spoiler review for it, if you want to get an opinion about that. First things first out of the way before you get into all the spoilers and everything like that. So let's go ahead and talk about that. Spoiler free for at least a minute or so. This movie is very good in a lot of different ways. It is a very important movie for a lot of cultural reasons that I will break down a little bit later on. And I really don't even need to break down all that much because if you are aware of this movie, you are aware of exactly why it is an important movie for that kind of a reason. It, uh, met all my expectations of what I was hoping for, and it surpassed them in a lot of different ways as well. Uh, There were some surprises along the way. I, at no point in the movie, felt upset, which has been happening a lot with a lot of movies. You know, Kingsman 2, Last Jedi, a lot of these things going down, Justice League, another one, where I walked out of the movie just going, God damn it, why didn't they just do this better? And this one, not the case. This one, they knocked it out of the park extremely good for an MCU movie. Uh, It hits all the marks when it comes to the superhero genre. It hits all the marks when it comes to just a normal movie for the most part. Balances things out really well. Characters are fleshed out really well. Uh, I have no real complaints about this movie. It's not a perfect movie, of course. It's not going to win Best Picture. But you know what? I actually wouldn't be all that surprised if it got nominated for a couple of different awards next year. More than likely, I would think, if anything, it would at least be in the discussion for Best Picture. Uh, Get Out is nominated for Best Picture this year, and I think that this is a better movie than Get Out. Um, We know that there is a wider range of diversity when it comes to the voting committee on the uh, Academy, so the influence of this movie is going to have an effect on that. But it's also just good. So I am hoping that it at least is in the discussion for best adapted screenplay. And I don't think we're going to get any kind of best actor things. I don't think we're going to get any, uh, you know, a lot of different things like that. Maybe Ryan Coogler in the uh, talk about best director. I don't know. We haven't even gotten to this year's Oscars yet. That's coming up in a couple weeks or so. So let's take care of that before we take care of that stuff. But I, in the end uh, of this whole spoiler free section of this, This is a good movie. If you are not a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you're probably not going to connect to it as much as everybody else is, but you still might get something out of it, even not knowing any of the information that is preceding you. You know, you don't need to know necessarily Tony Stark and his whole story and Thor and all the other kind of things like that to get the same enjoyment out of this movie for a baseline value. 
if you do know all that stuff, well, then by all means, you're just going to enjoy the movie all that much more. So I say go ahead and see it. And if you don't care about what the spoilers are, then continue listening to this one. You have been warned. Spoilers from this point onward. If you uh, don't care about it, then keep listening. And if you do care about it, bookmark this, go back, watch the movie, come back a little bit later on and check it out after that, all right? So, let's get into those spoilers. And let's start breaking down the movie in a little bit more detail here. Normally, the best way for me to do that is to just start looking at the characters and going down a little bit character by character. So, let's start at the top, uh, T'Challa. Chadwick Boseman does a great job here. No surprises there. He was great in Civil War, one of my favorite parts of Civil War, actually, and he just kills it. Um, he is exactly what I would hope that Black Panther would be on screen. And uh, you know what? Actually, let's before we start getting into some more specifics, let me just talk about a couple little things as far as Black Panther goes. Uh, I am not the most familiar with the the comics in in the same kind of sense as I am when it comes to some of the other things. I mean, I was a Batman, Spider-Man, and X-Men fan more than anything else when I was growing up as a kid. Over the years, I've gotten to learn a lot more about a lot of other heroes to where now if you start talking to me about, say, Godspeed, I'm going to know a little bit about the Flash series when it comes to that. If you bring up Blue Devil, well, I know that Blue Devil exists, and I know some of the most obscure Marvel characters. Uh, I know that Hitler has been multiple versions of different things in the Captain America series, and you've got people like Diamondback in that, and you've got, uh, I mean, there's a, a thousand different characters, Madame Mask for Iron Man, you know, whatever. But Black Panther, like Fantastic Four, a lot of the ones that aren't the necessarily mainstream, mainstream ones, I never really got into all that much because I was never into reading comics as a kid. But I did know a little bit ahead of time about some of these characters, and I really wanted to see them be done justice. One of the characters that I am kind of learning a little bit more about is Black Panther, and Black Panther is somebody who I see as being regal and not necessarily like like the uh, the Captain America type like he's not like he's perfect and always right like a superman but kind of a little bit um he has his flaws but he's not necessarily somebody who's flawed it's more so it's the struggles of being a king so i liked that his character was someone who had that kind of regality to him and he wasn't somebody who was struggling in the sense of being like Oh, I'm a drunk and I don't know if I can do that, uh, get over that or, you know, whatever like that. That's other characters or that kind of a thing. He's more of a, kind of a, a Thor sort of thing where once Thor gets beyond his arrogance, it's more about how do I run my kingdom? And I like that Shichala was doing that here. Uh, I have absolutely no complaints whatsoever when it comes to anything with T'Challa in this at all. I will say. Uh, when it comes to some of these heroes and some of these movies, we have a little bit of an issue with the Marvel Cinematic Universe that a lot of people hate, and I don't hate, which is that some of the main villains are just counterparts of who the, uh, the heroes are. You look at Iron Monger, and it being basically bad Iron Man. You look at, say, uh, Winter Soldier just being 
bad Captain America. Red Skull to a certain extent, too, because he was a part of the Super Soldier Serum. Abomination is definitely just bad Hulk. Uh, Doctor Strange, you know, it's a lot of these movies do that kind of a thing. And I know a lot of people are probably going to criticize this, and they're going to say that Eric Killmonger is just bad T'Challa, but I don't see it necessarily that way. And even if it is, I don't see what the problem is. Why can't you have somebody who has a reflection of themselves and make it good? It was good. It worked. He had the right motivations, and he had the right struggle to go through this, and the story being told was something that I think was an important story being told. It's a little bit different from how the Thor and Loki relationship is, where Thor and Loki is more so, this is my pain in the ass brother, and I love him, he's family, but I don't know what to do with him, try to rein him in, and uh, he's jealous of me, and that kind of a thing. Killmonger was more of, you have to pay for the sins of your father with your own family, and you need to set a better example for that, and that I liked how T'Challa was approaching the situation with Killmonger, where it was, look, this guy is fucked up. He is going to cause problems for not only Wakanda, but for elsewhere in the uh, whole earthly realm. And we got to stop him. Now, we shouldn't necessarily just kill him and just, you know, keep the traditions the way that we are. We should do the right thing here. And even when it got to the end where he was dying, he said, you know, maybe we can still heal you. And that was the right thing to do. That was that nobility that I really, really liked. So T'Challa was fantastic in this. For that matter, uh, Eric Killmonger being a great antagonist. He was, um, Michael B. Jordan doing a great job here with setting up a character that's very sympathetic, but ultimately the bad guy in a lot of different ways. One of the things to talk about with this movie that is going to be very difficult to talk about without ruffling some feathers and stuff is the politics behind it. And you look at a Killmonger he is a guy who grew up in a an area where it's the same as what we see with a lot of different areas. It didn't need to be California. It didn't need to be anywhere in particular. It could have been Harlem. It could have been Philadelphia, you know, whatever, where he grew up in an environment where people were getting killed all the time and he had to struggle and his culture was a negative one in a lot of different ways. And in his mind... He is trying to lash out on the world in this frustration at how he perceives the world is going to push him down and does in a lot of different ways because it's just true. That fucking happens. And uh, you look at, like, say, the X-Men series and you've got Professor Xavier's school of thought and you've got Magneto's school of thought. Neither of them are necessarily wrong. It's how they go about things that ends up being the actual problem. And with Magneto, the story is always, he has the right motivation, he has the right ideas in mind of wanting to protect his own people and wanting more safety, but he goes about it in the way of being militant and controlling and trying to do Hammurabi's code, essentially. And Killmonger has the same problem. He takes this as we've got enough that we can just like wipe people out and rule them. And that's not the right way to go about things. T'Challa more so on the lines of we need to be better examples. We need to uh, win people over the right way and convince them to change, not force them to change. Because that's the real change is when people willingly do it, not when they're forced to do it. That was a great story to be told here. 
because I think it's something that a lot of people actually forget about every once in a while. Um, you even saw a little bit of the politics when it came to Everett K. Ross, somebody who is working for the American government and in a lot of ways values money and power over anything else, which is very much what the American government seems to be like in a lot of different ways, a lot of different times, including right now. And um, his transition over to not necessarily give up anything and to kind of keep the integrity of Wakanda out of respect and help the people out as he can, not just for his own personal gain, not just for a life debt, but because it's the right thing to do. And that he is going to be a transitional figure for Wakanda to be brought into the mainstream world and that kind of stuff. Great thing to do when it comes to that. I love that they, they played with it as him being not a bad guy, that he was just, at the beginning of the movie, he's just kind of like, oh, this is one of these things that we got to navigate and it's kind of a pain in the ass to do. But he wasn't a bad guy. He wasn't a bumbling idiot. He wasn't anything like that. So they didn't try to downplay him either. That's actually really important to to put out there. This didn't become one of those things where it's like, we need to emphasize black culture by downing white culture in any kind of way. That happens time to time. And it happens in every everything, you know, whether it's not black and white. If it's, you know, you throw other races in there, you throw the gender thing where it's like, say like a Wonder Woman type movie where um, they happen to have a character who's a female protagonist and a badass warrior and they didn't have to make anybody on the male side of things a complete coward to be able to make her look strong. And then you look at something like a Supergirl, which the first episode drove me crazy because it was all just like, fuck you if you're a guy kind of a thing. Uh, you apply that to the whole ethnicity thing. This could have very easily been something where every white person in the movie was a villain and every uh, white person wasn't in the movie. There were good ones and bad ones. It's a great thing that they did that. There wasn't a white versus black thing and a black versus white thing. It was, let's try to boost up our own people and have everybody be on the same level. And that also applies to the male and female dynamic in this, which I will argue to a certain extent, this movie is more, I, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a terrible person to be talking about this kind of stuff because I'm a white male. So it's like my opinion doesn't matter on either side of these, but I would think that this is more of an empowering movie for f uh, females than Wonder Woman even is in certain extents. Of course, the lead is not a female, but you look at Nakia, Okoye, Shuri, uh, Angela Bass's character, I can't remember her name on here, what is she on here, she is, Ramonda, all women, all badass in their own way, they are all holding themselves up high, they have flaws too, so that's another good thing, because it's not just like, these women are perfect, and you can't ever say that they are anything but perfect, because then that's, you know, wrong or something like that. A lot of things do that, and I hate it so much. Um, it didn't do that. It was something where, like, uh, Okoye, for instance, she has the best fighting skills out of, every, out of everybody. Can't talk right now. And she is also somebody who suffers from the problem of being loyal to a throne as opposed to loyal to a ruler, or not necessarily ruler, a leader in uh, T'Challa. So they had that little bit of a story arc when it came to her, that she went from 
being just, you know what, I guess I just got to follow Killmonger because he is my king now, to no, I got to do what's right, and that's the right thing to do, is to abandon Killmonger and stick with T'Challa. Very important story arc right there. Nakia, she is a spy, badass spy. She gets her shit done. She is smart. She does everything that she needs to do. She stumbles along the way here and there. She's not absolutely perfect, of course, but she is a great representation of what a uh, an amazing queen could do if they go down that route and she ends up being the queen. I'm pretty sure that's what they're going to do in the future. It makes sense. There are a couple, you know, it's whatever. Um, but she is a great role model in a lot of different ways. Uh, Shuri is the smartest one of the whole bunch as far as the tech stuff goes. She's basically giving Tony Stark a run for his money. And that is another great role model because it shows also that you've got certain little girls out there that are going to be kind of um, thinking more along the lines of the Okoyes, where it's like, I'm, I can be strong and fight people and I have that physical strength behind me. And then you've got other ones that don't want to do the physical strength side of things. Maybe they want to be a scientist or something and they can look at Shuri and they can say, wow, I can actually be somebody who is in that kind of a field. And then you look at the Nakias and she is somebody who is more of a... I guess you could say like a political leader of sorts. And then you got uh, Ramonda. She is, of course, in her way as well. Great representation of strong uh, character women in this movie. Loved that. They all had a story arc to be told. They all had personality. Very good in that. So fucking good. Uh, some of the men supporting characters as well, too. Uh, Wakabi, Daniel Kaluuya. Is that you say? Wait, Kaluya? I have no idea how to pronounce his name now. I'm just thinking about that. Wow. Um, his character was a little bit underwhelming in a couple different ways compared to some of the other ones, but not enough to complain about. It was more so, I kind of hope that he gets a little bit more to do in the second movie if they do keep him along for a second movie. But he still fulfilled a purpose of the movie as well as he could have. I mean, not everybody's going to have the biggest part in the world. He fulfilled that part of the guy who is a traitor of sorts and has a different ideology. To him, his parents got killed by Claw. It's more important to get that kind of vengeance and to go with somebody like a Killmonger than it is to keep the whole piece of politics and stuff. So he was actually a very good character in that way. Uh, really big fan of M'Baku. Uh, when I first uh, saw that this movie was coming out and I was just kind of like, oh man, they're going to get... Duke to be uh, man ape like that's a that's a perfect casting for that so that I mean that already won me over right there uh, but he uh, Winston Duke I mean he caught my attention on person of interest and I was like this Duke go places he could be a pretty big star if they push him in the right vehicle and I wouldn't be shocked at all if this role gets him a lot of attention in the future uh, I also really liked how Mbaku was a more realistic representation of the character because Manhape in the comics just looks ridiculous at times. And uh, same thing for Eric Killmonger to a certain extent. But I also liked how they made him a good guy because, I mean, I wasn't familiar enough to know the full story of M'Baku's character in the comics and stuff. But from what I had known, he was a rival tribesman and somebody who would challenge for the throne. Well, if they are all in the same country space and they all work together to a certain extent. 
it makes perfect sense for there to be that type of struggle and for in a time of war like what it is in this movie for him to go you know what i'm going to stand by my king more than anything else and maybe you know maybe in the future he has another spat with uh, t'challa or something like that maybe not maybe he just respects the king now but that was a great turn i loved that a lot uh, some good funny parts with him too, with, um, you know, threatening to feed Ross to his kids and stuff and just saying like, yeah, everybody shut up, shut up and you know, whatever like that. Uh, nice to see Sterling K Brown in the, he's always good and everything that I've seen him in. So, you know, you put him in a supporting character role, he's going to do his part perfectly fine. Uh, Forrest Whitaker, nice as the elder Zuri. I liked him. Uh, Ulysses Claw, great. I, I'm also a big fan, even though I was surprised that I was going to be a big fan about this. I'm a big fan that they used his death as a story arc because him getting killed by Killmonger gives Killmonger that little bit of a leap, not even a little bit, a lot of a leap, to be able to come into Wakanda, make himself seem like a, a worthwhile option to at least entertain at first. And what else were you really going to do with Claw? You know, he had the arm cannon he had his whole trying to steal vibranium thing a future movie really what are you gonna what are you gonna do he's gonna try to steal more vibranium nah he served his purpose andy circus did a great job with that so you write him off in a great way like that thumbs up as far as i'm concerned the suit in the movie looked awesome the, the black panther suit i love the technology behind a lot of these different things the imagery in the film, like the whole sunset and the ancestral plane was fantastic. So thumbs up when it comes to the visuals. Thumbs up for the most part when it comes to the music. I think it could have been a little bit better here and there, some little spots. Um, and I don't remember the main theme sticking out in my brain, kind of like the Avengers one. You know, I walked out of that movie just going da-da-dum, da-da-dum, da-da-da-da-da-dum, da-da-dum. I don't remember it offhand now, uh, but... A lot of the Marvel movies do that. They don't necessarily get stuck in your head. And that's something I'm just kind of a little bit used to by now. But some of the use of music was really good in some other ways too. So not that bad when it comes to the music. Um, what else we got going on here? I will say one thing that uh, bugged me a little bit, but it's they didn't throw it out yet. Uh, I, I guess I need to explain what I mean by that. If a movie doesn't say something... I can insert something into my brain until I'm contradicted by it. One of them being, for instance, I hate how The Last Jedi was just like, nope, uh, Ray's parents are nobodies and Luke is a failure and this is how it is and that's the end of it and this changes continuity and this changes canon and this changes the purpose of everything and that's the end of it and deal with it. That's what story we want to tell. When The Force Awakens ended, I was hopeful for the future i was thinking oh man luke's got a daughter she's gonna be the next step up he's gonna you know continue on the skywalker lineage through her and i was you know more optimistic about the future uh with something like in this movie i haven't been told that this isn't the case yet but the heart herb it has to be the soul stone i mean we haven't seen the soul stone yet it's the only one yet that we haven't seen and if you look at the names of everything that we've gotten ahead of time and the associations with those things, they spell out Thanos if you get an H. I mean, we've talked about this for a long time. T for Tesseract, A for Aether, the Aether, you know, that kind of thing. 
you're missing the H, you know, T-H-A. N for necklace. That was a uh, time stone. O for the orb, the power stone. And S for Loki's scepter, which was the mind stone. So if you have T blank A-N-O-S, I had thought before maybe the H would be the hammer for Mjolnir. Maybe this was something to do with Hela and her being able to rule over souls. I don't think it's Heimdall. That doesn't make any sense to me necessarily. And the heart herb, though, if that is something that's based off of vibranium, like vibranium is this big asteroid and it has some connection to the soul stone that's what makes vibranium so powerful and the heart herb has something to do with it well you got heart and you've got herb they both start off with h and that could be something where they funnel in the energies of the soul stone and that's how they're able to talk to their ancestors that makes perfect sense to me and i'm really hoping that in avengers infinity war we get confirmation of that we get thanos popping up and him saying you know what this is a soul stone that's how we connect to each other and all that other kind of stuff that makes perfect sense to me i hope that they go that way in a couple of months when the movie comes out we'll see and i'll either be upset about that not being the case which will probably be an error more on uh infinity war side of things and black panthers side of things but we'll see about that um I really have nothing negative to say about this movie. I know one complaint that I've been seeing around a little bit now is a lot of people saying that it was too long. I didn't feel like it went on too long. I feel like they needed every scene for the most part that was in this movie and that it, uh, it didn't drag to me. I will admit though, I probably won't watch this as often as I watched some of the other ones because for instance, like Iron Man and, Actually, Iron Man 2, even even though it's not really all that great, that's a fun watch. Uh, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, uh, Civil War is a super fun watch. Avengers is a fun watch. I've only watched Doctor Strange, I think, twice. I just am not all that into Doctor Strange. And I've seen, you know, some different movies some different amount of times. I don't think Black Panther would end up being one of the ones that I would pop in at any given moment and watch all the way through, but it was fun. I liked it, and it's really, I gotta judge everything based off of one-time viewing. That's how you should judge every movie. Did you like the movie? Was it worth your time? Was it worth your money? I gotta say it was in every single way possible. Big thumbs up for this movie. Big hit, as far as I'm concerned. Nothing really negative to talk about, but you may disagree with me, and if you do... Drop your comments below and tell me what you think about it. What are your positives? What are your negatives? What are the things that you agree or disagree with me about and why? And any other thoughts that you've got for this movie and the future of the franchise and everything like that. Uh, if you want more information on my opinions about this movie in a, another different way, I'm going to be updating my ranking list of the Marvel Cinematic Universe films. I always do that now. I always have a, a master list of how I would rank all the movies. I'll probably do that tomorrow or so after you're listening to this. And the next one that comes out is Infinity War. So that is going to be the next Marvel thing that you guys hear from me, unless we're counting Jessica Jones, I think it comes out ahead of time. I don't know. We'll figure that out. But uh, if you want to be aware of when that happens and stuff, hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel here and check off the bell for notifications. Make sure that you support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash fanboysanonymous. 
because we don't know what's happening as far as the monetization goes. In a couple days, that's going to potentially change over. And if you want to make sure that that is going to stay the same and that the channel is going to be monetized, watch as many videos as you can and boost up the watch time for that. Um, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Smart not Smart Moment. So used to saying that at Fanboys Anon on Twitter, at Fanboys Anonymous on Facebook. And I already mentioned the Patreon, so hit that up because that's another way that if you want to keep us going, then donating through the Patreon is a way to do that. Whether it's a dollar, five dollars a month, whatever that you guys can spare, all that spare change goes to me continuing trying to do this kind of stuff. And just stay tuned for whatever else I got going for you, everybody. Thanks for watching this. Thanks for chiming in. If you drop the comment below and thanks for everything else for your support and all the other kind of stuff like that. This is Tony Mango signing off for you all. It's time for me to geek out. Adios.